It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Doug Peterson? What's going on? No, seriously, what's what's going on? What's going on, Jim Schwartz? What's going on, Carson Wentz? What's going on, everybody? What happened? What is this? Uh, it's Monday morning, and it uh, it feels like I, you know, they wore black to their own funeral. We've been all pumped up all week about Jesus. I mean, this this is a shitty Dallas Cowboys team, and I refuse to believe anything else. And this is what we had talked about all week, you know, and people are, and and whatever. You want to blame us for, for saying that this should be a blowout? It should have been. It should have been. I mean, Dallas gave this team every opportunity to go in and just say, please take this game from us. N- nothing happened. I mean, it was just, there was, I, I'm uh, I'm not stunned. I'm just pissed. That's it. Like, this is this is inexcusable. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Go Birds Radio, or uh, Pod, actually, I should say, uh, episode number 30, and, uh, Obviously, we've got some voicemails from you guys from last night, too. 267-245-6066 if you want to get in at any time. James, tell me something good. Jimmy Butler's a sixer, Yay. John. How about that? All right. There we um, go. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. Oh, my God. I mean, just what, like you said, a, a shitty, shitty Dallas Cowboys team and an Eagles team that Look like they never got off their bye week and, and obviously got it going a little bit in the second half, but too far, too gone. And I mean, the injuries, the where are all the Jalen Mill haters at now, Johnny? <laughs> I'll bet people would have loved to see Jalen Mills out there. They could have used him yesterday. I don't even know who the fuck Shannon Sullivan is. Uh, I, I just a, um, a putrid, disappointing three straight losses at home, John. There's just um, look. There, there's just the, the there's no juju around this team right now. There's no fire. There's no 
There's nothing special right now about this team. All the specialness we saw last year, we're seeing none of that this year. And uh, just a man, in a season of shitty losses, that might have been the shittiest, John. Yeah, and just, it was so weird to see. And, you know, uh, I know that Dexter McDougal and all that wasn't good, but, man, I, I've been saying for a long time, like, I didn't want, I absolutely didn't want Maddox to be moved from safety, and he was. And when... Ezekiel just gets to leap like a gazelle over Trey Sullivan. That's a big part of the reason why, you know, like it's it's so infuriating to have uh, just stuff like that all the time. You're always worried about personnel. You're always worried about injuries. And um, that's the thing I want to address almost instantly with you because, I, I mean, you can make this good take, bad take, but I, I'm tired of hearing, well, injuries aren't excuses. No, they're fucking reasons. They're reasons. And, and to expect this team to overcome them, Again, uh, with new ones, with old ones, those aren't excuses. Those are just a big part of the reason of especially why the defense absolutely crumbled towards the end and uh, in that third quarter. I mean, I, you're just you're just sitting there just shaking your head a lot of the time. And I'm not leaving Jim Schwartz off the hook here, too. You have to s- somehow uh, adjust to that. I mean, the uh, the last two drives that the Cowboys had offensively, they were just, there was no pressure there. They look like the Rams. People just wanting wide open. It was like the Rams, like watching a Rams game where just receivers are running wide open. You're like, how is this happening? What's going on here? If they're going to kill you anyway, do something different. You know, and I'll never understand that about a lot Uh, of coaches. No, John, I want to play sticks, all right? I'm going to (laughs) just line six guys up and we'll figure it out. It'll be good. It'll be fucking good, John. Yeah, and that too, like third and 15 with... With nobody, just literally nobody, and they, you can just have a little convoy. They go pick up a first down. They continue to drive the fake punt, you know, that just drives you insane after you're, you're looking at everything and you're going like, okay, they're getting it all. Like the defense, well, it was helping out the offense early. Offense couldn't do anything. The offense gets going, and then the defense falls apart. Which has it's been just, the story of the season, yes. John. We've seen that over and over and over again. And to your point about Doug, man, like when you watch an Eagles-Cowboys game and – you feel like Jason Garrett and the Cowboys coaching staff wants to win the game more, is more creative, more aggressive. That is a huge fucking problem, John. That We're talking about potentially the worst head coach in the NFL other than John Gruden, of course, who is one of the worst we've seen in a long time. Shout out to John yeah, Gruden. Congratulations. Uh, it's pretty impressive. But, uh, I mean, like, the Cowboys were way more creative last night. They were way more fun. They had, they were, they felt like they were throwing things at a wall and hoping it would work and, and being aggressive. And like you said, the fake punt, uh, just more creative, some creative play calling. And, you know, like Golden Tate, like, I get that he might not know the, the offensive uh, vernacular yet and all that, but... You just went out and trade for this guy, and you're in a game where you can't get anything going offensively, and you don't have any plays designed. They did one fucking play, that stupid pitch play, which wasn't a terrible call. It was just, they were already that side of the field. It just felt condensed. It felt like there was nowhere for it to go. But how do you not have stuff signed? You've got this had this guy here for 12 days. Like, you've traded on Tuesday of your bye week. I, I just, I don't understand that there was nothing put together for that guy. It was almost like you're like, hey, let's just throw Golden in here and figure it out. Like, you have nothing designed for that guy? We were expecting the Golden Tate show. Like, like designed plays, runs, backfields, stuff, this and that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. It was incredibly disappointing. And I, I think you're right, John. I think that, look, the players deserve a lot of blame. But first and foremost, like you mentioned, last year was the exception with injuries. You don't usually see teams lose as many guys as they lose and have success. 
Plus, this year, the injuries are happening earlier in the season, and they're getting pounded in one particular area. The secondary just cannot keep up. Yeah. Again, Trey Sullivan and Chandon Sullivan. Who the fuck are these guys? The Sullivan brothers or whatever? I mean, like, what is happening out here? I, um, I like, so that is part of it, but at the same time, like you alluded to, Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz got outcoached outcoached by Jason Garrett and Rod Marinelli last night, that is outrageous. I, I disagree. They didn't get outcoached. They got outcoached. They absolutely didn't get outcoached. outcoached. Everyone played like shit. And that too, that's a big but they got outcoached, it. man. And, and this is, I, and you're right with the Golden Tate stuff. Where the I fuck mean, was he? At a minimum, if they're killing you and you're getting gushing honestly that first half of I'm pretty sure I saw Isaac Salem all get pancaked at least twice. That fe- the first the offensive half offensive line started like, just to, felt like a bye week. It yeah. felt like, and we've seen that before, where teams come out slow off the bye week. But that was particularly bad, really bad. And I even at just, home with the crowd, no less. By the way, the crowd was so loud to start the game; you could hear it over the TV. Uh, and there was there's multiple opportunities if you're getting crushed inside to just be like, here, Golden Tate, go do something because that's what he's billed as. Give him the ball, just give him the ball. Get, uh, get him in space. Quick screens, tunnel screens, bubble screens, whatever it is. Just have Carson Wentz get it out of his hands as fast as possible. Have the whole offense flow one way. Golden Tate goes the other way. Give him the ball. Let him do something. I mean, there's yeah. so many things. they Like simple stuff. Or just, the, you know, more uh, more crossers in the middle of the field, more shallow crosses, more anything. Just get the ball in his hands. Let him go get yak. It didn't approach that. And actually, actually, they went back to Jordan Matthews, and that's when Carson Wentz seemed to feel more comfortable. And that's... I mean, good. Whatever, and fine. Jordan I mean, Matthews was fine, but like, yeah. and there this, was no creativity in it. This starts to build up to like part of the part of that risk because it was all optimism. Like, yeah, you gave up a third round pick for Golden Tate, and now you're sitting at four and five, and you're going, "Crap! Did they just piss away a, a third round pick?" And my mind immediately goes to not as uh, not essentially or not like a uh, sunken cost, more or less, but. I mean, maybe they're forced to be like, all right, well, we're going to resign you at least, and maybe that number's a little higher I than would usual. Hope but- that they, I would hope that they don't compound one mistake with another if it gets that. And again, yeah. I think we're too early to say that, but I, I think you're, you're, the heart of your point is is dead on in the sense that as an organization, you said, all right, we need help offensively. We're going to go out and get this guy who is one of the most productive receivers in the NFL and who does so many different things well we're giving him to a creative play caller, a quarterback who is creative and and very smart and all that. Like, I don't understand how in 12 days you can't figure out a way to use that guy. I don't get it. I don't get how you couldn't have stuff. Like, and I thought, look, Collinsworth actually thought did a really good job last night. I know we banged on him a wow. lot. And he's deserved it. He still can't count how many steps after a catch. No, but, but, but for the most part, I thought he added some stuff to the, the broadcast. And one of the points was about... You know, a new player and terminology, and especially when you're going with no huddle, it's harder for those guys to know the calls and lines. I thought that was all helpful information for us, but even still, like you have to, you're the coaching staff. You have to be prepared with stuff. You have to have Golden Tate understand what he needs to know so that he could be a factor in this game. And um, you only have him for potentially eight games, John. Hopefully more, but potentially eight games. And this is especially when uh, you know Wendell Small is not giving you anything. Corey Clement outside of a couple of plays not giving you anything and again the most productive running back in this core right now has been Josh Adams. Give him the ball more man. Seven carries, 67 yards jo- and for what it's no worth. carries in the second, second half. Dude he looked great. Like he looked he good. great. He From looked that good. first run obviously there was a big hole and he just took it to the right side but even those inside runs the the trap type plays and stuff he gets yards. He runs hard. He sees holes and kind of hits them. <laughs> How does he not get a carry in the second half? Like I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know and um 
I'm going to say something that's probably going to get me in trouble, too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Kid gloves have to come off with Carson Wentz, guys. I mean, that was not a good game. I, the numbers are going to tell you. Otherwise, I think he got going in the second half. Ended up at 360 and a couple touchdowns, but yeah. A lot of those were because, I mean, you're trying to catch up and do Like, Carson didn't play well. And he, and, he had moments, it, but he definitely had some some issues as well. He didn't set the tone early. I mean, like all of that, and he, he heard his. I don't know if you did hear, but I mean, like there is a pump up speech that they had. You know, right right in the beginning, we got. No, he said ass. This. We're all like, oh my god, we're gonna win. Carson said ass. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, and then you know he doesn't see Leighton Vanderesh literally just standing in front of him, and you can make all the excuses that you want about it, but it's okay to say that Carson Wentz played a bad game. And I think he played a bad game as suggestive to what the numbers said. He picked it up at the at the end, and and obviously, like you know, I still think he's he's a great quarterback, and he's still trying to figure things out as it goes along in his, his third season here. But I mean, very disappointing from what you, again against the Dallas Cowboys against the defense a secondary that hasn't been uh, overly uh, great. Their front seven, and I know the pressure was kind of in there from him, but I don't know, man. Maybe I'm. Maybe maybe it's too too going too far, and it's a loss, so it's on the QB. And I'm not really saying that. I'm just saying that Carson wasn't sharp, and he wasn't good in that first half. His accuracy, there's something that's just a touch off, and it's not like uh, dramatic in the sense where like, oh my God, Carson's a completely different quarterback or whatever. But there's something that's just a hair off. I think Doug even addressed it too with his accuracy, even with his his throws last night. It didn't seem as sharp and as quick. To release the ball, still made uh, an incredible plays though. I mean, like I, there was three or four guys around him at one point. I forget what series it was, but his arm got got basically grabbed, and I think it was a first down strike to Alshon. Uh, it was one of the, the was uh, amazing. I mean, best Co- Collinsworth said he's never seen a quarterback do that. No. Which I don't know if that's true, but impressive. Here's here's the thing, and I get what you're saying, and I certainly. I do a little bit, and I, I don't I don't say quarterbacks are a win loss or win loss or a quarterback stat, but I do I do put a little bit of the loss on Wentz in the sense that you are the leader of this football team. You are at home against a significantly inferior opponent. Like you got to find a way to win that game. That's what right. franchise quarterbacks do. We've talked about this a hundred times. You that you find a way to win the game. So I do put some of that on Wentz. I don't think. Look, his first half was awful, and that throw uh, on the first drive, the interception was. Just about as bad a throw as I've ever well, seen. The wide him. open throw to Alshon Jeffrey. That another bad one. Yeah, yeah, he's had some bad throws, and the throw, the interception was one of his worst throws we've ever seen him make in terms of not seeing the coverage and just making a terrible decision. But I did think that I, I, I thought first of all, I thought he played really well in the second half. I mean, some of those throws that he made, I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the throws he makes, and I again, I don't think he was good. I think he was fine. And I do put some of the loss yeah, on him fine. as the That's leader of the say. team and as the quarterback. I put more on Doug. I, I, I man, I, I, I have not seen the same Doug Peterson this season that we saw last season. I just haven't seen him. And I, we, you and I have speculated a lot. And we both believe that losing Frank Reich and John DiFilippo mattered more than we thought it was going to. Yeah. Especially the loss of Reich. I think. I think him and Doug really had a real chemistry, and Doug really trusted him and, and whatnot. And I think we're seeing that. But there just hasn't been the same level of. Feel for his offense. Last year, and I think that's part of what went to, and obviously part of it is Wentz being amazing, but even when Foles was in, Peterson had this innate ability to call the right play in crucial situations. That's why their third down percentage last year was historic. Fourth down percentage historic. Red zone percentage historic. Like Peterson was just locked in with his offense and with his players and with the defense they were facing. He just knew what to call. I haven't 
seen that same level of mastery this season from Doug, and, and it's been disappointing so far. And we are going to spend probably months trying to ask and figure out why that's not happening or why it didn't happen this season. And um, <laughs> I don't have any good answers well, for you. Well, look. I, I really don't. Like, you can't just say, man, that was some of the best play calling I've ever seen. In the history, especially with Nick Foles and being able to do that with Foles. Yeah. And the easier thing to do is just like you said, is just go, well, you don't have Frank Craig and you don't have Filippo. Actually, Doug's just the puppet behind that, which... I know it's all overreaction. It's just Twitter. Saw a lot of that in the mentions. Saw a lot of that and on I the timeline. That's crazy. Saw a lot of 2016. Calm down. Yeah. I th- here's the thing. Look, uh, look. The Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, and I'm not saying that as a like, oh, let's forget about it. I'm saying, I'm saying in the sense ding. that oh. ding, yes, because they did win the fucking Super Bowl. Let's not forget <laughs> that. But I'm saying it more in the sense that Doug Peterson put all of his mastery on display in big games, in primetime, in front of the world, and now teams, as we've discussed, are coming at the Super Bowl champions. Doug's, everything Doug's done is out there, and it's been diagnosed and examined probably more than any other play caller in the NFL after last season. Him and McVay probably is what everyone was like looking at what they do. Right. And Which is the same reason why we both thought McVay would regress a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and McVay's done a great job. Right. And look, his weapons are pretty impressive Crazy. and all that stuff, yeah. but, but that offense is great. That's what I was talking about before, but... I think, look, I think Doug deserves the opportunity to adjust a little bit. Doug, maybe people were a little more ready for Doug than Doug was ready, especially with new surroundings. I think it's all part of it. Like, I think just maybe not being slightly as comfortable, the targets on your back, you don't have the same weapons. The offensive line is, I mean, last year the offensive line was the best in football. It's been anything but this season. I mean, that's the thing with Wentz last night. If you want to criticize play, you also have to say, hey, that offensive line oh, no, gave him like crap no time yeah. at a lot, a lot of that game. So I, I, I just think there's a lot of factors that go into it and I think to overreact and say Doug sucks or something is just silly and stupid. That dude proved how great he can be. He deserves the chance to adjust and it. And I'm not even talking just this season. I'm talking like to come back and and hopefully they can figure it out this year. Yeah. I'm not one of those like it's totally over. It's you know it doesn't look great right now. But yeah, four and five is not great. It's not over. The division still sucks. These teams are still bad. Obviously they didn't beat a bad team last night, but they're still bad. But I think Doug deserves time to to adjust and see what everyone did to him and figure it out and the opportunity to to change what he does too and and that's what you hope for. And it's just disappointing that you don't do that, like you said, with what sixteen days, fourteen days, fifteen days, whatever they're kind of. Well, that's the, that's there. the bummer. That's the bummer. That combined with uh, and again, I do think you know I say this all the time, but football's a game of emotion. I, I I genuinely believe that all things equal, the team that wants it more will win. Because that that's the sport. It's hunger. It's beating the guy in front of you, all that. And blatantly honest, it felt like Dallas was more hungry last night. Hungry dogs run faster. Like It felt like Dallas wanted that game more. The Dallas defense, and you know what I'm going to say, shout out to a great defensive coordinator. Good. That's what I'm Rod saying. Marinelli's a hell of a good. coordinator. And yeah. the thing that I've always loved about Marinelli is not his scheme, is not whatever. It's that he gets his guys to play with effort. You always feel like Dallas defenses play with effort, and they might not have talent, but they're going to fucking run. They're going to make tackles. They're going to gang tackle. And that's what we saw last night. They played hard. Yeah, and this is, and I'm with you. I mean, like four and five, whatever. I'm not going to try and uh, sugarcoat it. Turn on the fucking sunshine and be like, hey, no. you know, whatever. How could but you? 
I mean, it's and the thing that kills me too is just that crappy Washington, that banged up oh. crappy Washington squad is going to make say the this? playoff. Fuck you, Tampa Bay. Fuck you. Four hundred and fifty yards, three points. I mean, if you watch that game, that was that was about as as bad a like as big a lopsided loss for a team that dominated an entire football game as I might have ever seen. Yeah, and and you just look at it and go like, yeah, could they? Could they bounce us around and, and turn around? And we even said, hey, if they don't. They have two against if Washington. Like, of right. course they can. If the Eagles don't really show us in this game, on this night. Not feel great. And I, I can't get there now. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is just. And, and well, I'm sure everybody's yeah. there, too. But I'm. this is this is a wait and see. And like you said. Like give you said, yes. An opportunity to kind of switch and turn things around and just see if it's just like, all right. Because really, I mean, everybody that. Uh, there is there's nothing you can do to prove that like hey I don't think it was just Frank Reich and DeFilippo is it a factor of course of course it is but it's more or less to me at least in all the things that have changed because it's not just yes. the coaches it's also the roster changes that happened in the offseason to also the injuries that you had to make up to for playing to playing deep also- into February and having to turn it around and get guys motivated again if they just won the freaking Super Bowl and then you're losing you know, Lane Johnson to come into this one. And, and I do want to make it a point like, listen, you, people will try to, I think, still shift this. And like Razul Douglas didn't play as bad as you think. Or like, oh, he was bad, dude, yeah. he, he he does not have it, you know. And it, and unfortunately, uh, I mean, I think in the long run, maybe it's a good thing that he got time to see where he's at, to see where he can eventually develop to. But um Like you were talking about, James, this made me miss Jalen Mills, and I knew it was going to happen. And that's a, I I think if he's there, they at least, I I think they win this football game. I also think they win this football game if Kamu Gruje Hill just freaking takes an interception Uh, back for six. And it's so frustrating because you want to like kill him, and then you remember that he has a broken hand, he's playing with a club on his hand. And and it's like, you're like, I can't kill him. Like, it's not, he's out there grinding. He's playing well with a club on his hand. Like, I can't kill him for not catching that, but like, it, I think the momentum. Sh- I think everything shifts if he catches that and takes the house. He would have taken it out. All you do is catch it. It's go to the house. Yeah, because uh, uh, you say emotion. I'm a big, Ugh. big, big believer in that mode. Me too. At home and, and it's the crowd. Yes. In it, you know all of that. And to your point though, John, like you can't lose. Jay- you can't lose your top three cornerbacks and and compete. Like that is like no. it's and and again, yes, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And it, credit to Doug Peterson and the team for being able to do that. And it's amazing, but. We've seen that Nick Foles can be great when everything's working for him. He's just that player. It is. I can't think of a single example of a team that has lost their top three starting corners and has still been a competitive defense. It's really hard to do in the NFL. And it didn't happen. That did not happen last year. And that's there's a there's a difference in injuries. Yep, that's what I'm saying. And and, and again, honestly, early happens, in the season versus late in the season matters yes. too. And yeah, because they were rolling, they, they had already rolling, won games yeah. together. Everybody's feeling good. Be like, hey, we're still a great. We team. can do this together. Not when you're getting getting the you know the ass beat out of you, and then and uh, you have a, oh, we got seven games left. We got no players. This and that. Like it's a different. It's just a different mentality. It's a different feel. And uh, if we're being honest with ourselves, not that they they did everything right last year. But it's a modern fucking miracle that they made it through all that, that Nick Foles was a Super Bowl MVP and all that. It's not a modern miracle. It's just a miracle. Like well, It yeah, is, I, it is just... one of the all-time, like we'll look back on it as one of the all-time great sports stories, one of the all-time most unexpected sports stories. And that's the point with Doug where I'm saying, I know people are mad right now, but please step back and realize that whether Reich and Filippo were a part of it, Doug Peterson was a guy who created such a special 
locker room environment and then was so special play caller that he was able to lose the MVP in the NFL 13 weeks into the season and ride a backup quarterback to a Super Bowl. Like, we can't forget that. We can't, like, give Doug Peterson a chance to get it right because he has shown that in adverse situations he can get it right. Yeah, amazing that we have... Uh, what's that? Oh yeah, the biggest proof of all of uh, of that actually happening. We have very uh, short memories in this town too, John. <laughs> um, so the uh, oh yeah, uh, I mean uh, at uh, Duval seventy nine has a lot of good take, bad take. Maybe we'll save that for tonight. As uh, I actually forget where we're gonna we're be. We're gonna be, I believe, at JoJo's oh, that's Tavern right. in Trenton. Tavern. That's right. So we'll be there uh, to, uh, tonight um, around um, eight o'clock. Do you think Joe LMB will be at JoJo's? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Because he's got a list of good ones. Uh, Jalen Mills is actually good. Reich Philip uh, made Peterson. Well, I, think we, yeah, I think the Jalen Mills is actually good one was. Uh, it's a good beat oh, yeah. for that take. Yeah, because uh, we'd all uh, we'd all agree with it. Uh, the Tate trade was terrible. The offense has more costs. Uh, it cost the more games than the defense. We've been over that about uh, a billion times. Yeah, that's times. like our brand this season. Wentz is, Wentz is not elite yet. Schwartz is not only uh, not the only coach who should be fired. Whoa, that's uh, a fire take right interesting there. Interesting as we'll get into that. I will uh, ask your opinion on this because this is something that's um, – uh, I, I, I feel like everyone's killing uh, Doug Peterson towards the end there when uh, the third and two call that got blown up by Leighton Van Der Esch with uh, Corey Clement there. I mean – that's the first time I think I've ever seen Brandon Burks screw up all year, especially on a screen pass. Uh, it's also incredibly odd that Jason Kelsey didn't get there, and I know it's oddly familiar from, what, 2016 with Darren Sproles when mm-hmm. that same play happened, yeah. except the only difference is Jason Kelsey had no knee and was trying to run over there and got blown up by Sean Lee. And then his replacement kind of reminds him of it. I have no problem with that play call. Yeah, we we disagree on that. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people do. For a lot of people, it seems like it was like the worst play call they have ever seen. I don't think that. My I, the way I just look at it was it was a design play for Corey Clement. It, you just have better players on the field at that moment. Corey Clement has done nothing all game to show me that he should be the guy you're designing a play for in that situation. The play clearly didn't work. They read it perfectly. I just feel like in that situation, third and two, biggest spot of the game, like, and especially when you can't lose yards, right? You're still going to go for it on fourth and two. Like, you just can't lose yards. I think you got to figure out a play where you're putting Wentz in space and letting him do something. Don't don't take the ball out of Wentz's hands like that. Don't force him to make this one play that depends on on everything going right from a blocking perspective, everyone getting out there and throwing it to a guy who just hasn't shown explosiveness, hasn't shown the ability to make guys miss. If that gets blown up, like it's going to be a loss like it was. I just I look again, I'm not I'm not as as far as everyone seems to be where a lot of people really angry about that play call I just thought there were better play calls and that's that same thing with the fourth and one run earlier in the game with with Adams like I didn't hate it as much as everyone else does they were moving the ball well on the ground there but I would have put the ball in Wentz's hands there again and let, and let him try and do something it's 500 pounds versus 200 and whatever Van Der Esch lays I, like it's ridiculous to me that we're, this conversation has has grown the way it does and you know James isn't like like he was saying that far on it, but man, I mean, people are going like, "How do you? You can't have a minus five throwback 
to all that, you know, when Carson's dealing, when he's doing, yes, you can. That's the point of, of throwing people off. I mean, like, all right, you're moving, you're moving, you're right, moving, and then all of a sudden, and it would have worked because the, the lane was fucking wide open yeah. for Corey Clement to do I'm, it. It's not on Corey. I get it, but you're, like also, you're a big believer of, of in those spots, as you've said many times, put the ball in your best player's hands, your best player's Carson Wentz, let him, let him make a play. That's my thought, and that's what I agree. I get what you're saying. Again, not killing them for it, but I... Personally, I want to see, I want Wentz to be allowed to make a play in that spot, personally. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I just, you know, uh, it, it seems like people were are really focused on that's what co- ended up costing the game. And there's uh, honestly a million other different things leading up to that point that you could point at uh, and, and just kind of sit there and shake your head and go, it, w- it wasn't great from the beginning, you know? You know, this is really one of the saddest uh, realizations I had while I was watching the game last night. When Dallas kept driving in the second half, I kept thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, let's hopefully we can hold them to a field goal. And then a few seconds later, I would realize that the thought of getting a turnover didn't even enter my mind as a realistic possibility. That's how incapable this defense has been of causing turnovers this season that in my mind it wasn't we need a turn let's let's get a turnover, let's get the ball. Like that wasn't even on the table for me. That's yeah. how beaten down I've been from that perspective with this defense this season. And the only way that it can come through, at least in my head, is always, well, let's see if they can get a sack fumble because that's, that's pretty that's much it's it. Gonna happen, I yeah. mean, Michael Bennett was, was I mean, from the from oh. the jump was eating Dex. Yeah. Fletcher Cox Fletcher was, was great. A, like, Brandon Graham was great. That, yeah. Those guys fought hard, man. And it comes down to what I was saying before, the lack of depth. You just can't keep cycling in. And towards the end of the game, they haven't been able to get that same type of pressure. And, and it's not their fault. Like, those guys are... 30 years old, 35 years old, 28 yeah. years old. Like, they're, they're, they're pushing, man. They're playing every play. It's tough. Um, uh, and this is what I'll say on that, too, is because you could totally see that at some point, that's that's the movement. They're getting – they're trying to set the tempo early so the offense can go score points. It's almost like it's the philosophy of the team. And then Zach Ertz with a quote, the defense is meant to play with the lead, and so far we haven't been able to give them that. It starts with us, and I'm starting to look at myself in the mirror. The moment that people start realizing that sounds familiar is 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 exactly what we've all been saying for so long. The offense starts the tempo, and if you go three and out five out of nine games to start your first drive, that's a big problem, you know. And that's that's where I kind of leave it uh, at that. We will uh, obviously break a, a lot of more down. We'll go around the locker room with Elliot tonight and. I don't know, just see if we have some answers. And I know you guys did too. 267-245-6066 to get in with our voicemails. Let's roll them, boys. Yo, what's up? This is James Westfall. Hey, James. This is fucking bullshit. I'm getting more and more fucking livid by the minute, and I can't fucking take this shit. Jesus Christ, man. We need to fucking do something here. Well, well, that sounds like you're called in the middle of the game, and... uh and we know that they really kind of didn't there. Hey, this is Philly Guy in VA. I'm a chief petty officer in the United States Navy here in Virginia Beach, but I am a devout Eagles disciple, born and bred in Philadelphia. First, I'd like to say thank you to the Eagles organization for honoring our veterans today, especially to Carson Wentz and his awesome cleat. Let's go, birds! E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Well, uh, by the timestamp and the energy, it definitely feels like you called before the game, so... Sorry that they couldn't do anything for you, Chris, but uh, thank you for your service and thank you to everybody uh, that is a uh, veteran or active member. Uh, we salute you. These motherfucking eagles. 
Motherfucker, you bad defense, bad play calling, yep. all of the above. Season's over, man. I, and I hate to say, you know, like, this is the part of it. You just don't want to, you don't want to put sunshine up anybody's ass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. It, it certainly feels like it. Honestly, if not for last year, that game would have been fireball offense for fucking oh, Doug. I don't understand on. what the fuck that was. Why do we go out and get Golden Tate? We played him, what, 40, 50% of the snaps? This team is basically the 2016 team, um, except wow. for Wentz is a lot better than it was in 2016, but play calling is atrocious. This is bad. We have overrated Doug, and the season's not completely over, but it probably is after a loss next week, four and six, that will kill us. I just cannot believe we fucking lost this awful team. Well, I mean, I, at least I agree with you there, and yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, with the fans of Philly and down in New Orleans, it's a place that it's going to have a lot of alcohol, and I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that ends up being the weird one, right? You're supposed to win Dallas. You don't. You're not supposed to win New Orleans. You do. It's kind of just dreaming there. But I mean, come on. 2016. This team is nowhere close to 2016. We were just, you know, meddling in untalented crap there for a long time. And actually, I think Doug did a pretty good job in 2016 of coaching. But I mean, you know, this year, this year you can't really defend it as much. But Give, give it time, just like James and I were saying here. Yo, what's up? I imagine that you're getting a shitload of calls like that are like a bunch of people screaming, and that sucks. But uh, I come with a more somber approach. Um, I say, as Philadelphians, I, I think that we don't appreciate certain players for some reason sometimes. And I think that, you know, it, it's sort of like the way that the, that the fans treated guys like, you know, Robert Covington. And yeah. number two on that list, man, is Jalen Mills. I mean, Jalen Mills plays that game, you win 10 times out of 10. It's a bummer, man. I hate seeing this. Only got five losses, and the division stinks, so keep heads up. Don't understand why all of you guys hate Jalen Mills. Not you, John, <laughs> but don't understand why everyone hates Jalen Mills. Oh, or, or Elliot, for that matter. And, yeah, just uh, that's, a, that's a really good point. And it doesn't – I never wanted to be like, hey, let's show everybody how bad Rasul Douglas is to make you appreciate Jalen Mills a little more, but – uh, you know, silver line. I'm glad we saw that. And also to Elliot. Elliot was saying the same things too for a very long time. Um, he is the most consistent guy that's on this team. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sad day. Sad day that we don't have Robert Cummington here, but I promise uh, Jimmy Butler will uh, we'll turn those frowns upside down. Hopefully. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there uh, as well. Once again, you can get in the voicemail anytime, anytime during the week. If you wake up and you're like, I just have to get this off my chest. 267-245-6066. Uh, sorry to Jerry the Asman who wanted to make his debut, but I mean, you know, a lot of people called before the game uh, after all that stuff. So uh, keep keep venting, keep uh, bringing up good points. The best ones will we'll certainly air. And we appreciate the calls. We uh, thank all the veterans um, uh, for Veterans Day. And uh, thank you very much for your service, especially uh, our man now uh, out in uh, Virginia. James, any final thoughts here, pal? I just want to sigh and make that my final thought. Uh, I, I Look, it's a bummer. Um, you know, you just hope that they can figure something out, that they can... The talent's there from an offensive perspective to be better, that they are talented enough to score points and pick up a injured defense the rest of the season, kind of like we saw that defense pick up the offense at first until Foles found his footing last year. But um, two games back in the division, big loss last night, haven't really shown us yet this year that they have that kind of special sauce. So um, 
All you do is hope, but right now it's just uh, it's a bummer, man. I wish I had something good to say. Again, I'll say it again. Jimmy Butler's a sixer. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Bryce Harper's going to be a Philly, I think. That's pretty cool, but it's a bummer right now for the Eagles. Um, I um, Even myself, I don't think we give enough credit to how much everything has changed this year in terms of personnel and coaching and injuries. There's a lot of things that are constantly moving around. Um, and again, those are not excuses. That is just what happened, you know, and this is this is what's tough is trying to this is why there's only eight teams that can really go in and do it. My silver linings are this. The window is still going to be continued to be open uh, no matter what happens this season. And yeah, I'm, I mean, again, I'm still sitting here. I'm mad. I'm mad. But like. I can't get to that point. I'm more upset about stuff that already happened during the season. Um, you know, uh, this might sound a little defeatist, but I'm looking at it being like, all right, let's let's let this team regroup. Let's look at 2019 and look at their draft picks. Let's get everybody healthy and let's see what ends up happening. And there's still a lot of stuff that's happening here this season that who knows? I mean, uh, chip in a chair. Who again. knows? That could be our the the Eagles say, and I'm not quite like I still I still believe this division stinks. I still yeah. would not be shocked at all. The Eagles have the best quarterback in the division easily. I wouldn't be shocked if they figured out a way to go on a run or whatever. But um, yeah, it's like you said. It's just uh, who knows. I, I'm, I I love the phrase hope is not a strategy. Right now, hope is the only strategy. We yeah, have. and that's because you're you're only hoping that. These guys can turn around and figure it out, get going, and maybe, you know, Doug said, well, the pressure's off. Well, it's going to continue to be off and off if they play like this. So, you know, whatever you got to do, whatever it takes to kind of get in there. And if this game actually made Jerry Jones go, you know what, Jason? That was my one thought. I meant to say that to you. I you was like, what, you know what? Here's $23 million or whatever cool. it is. I, I'll take that bullet if that's the case. Mari Cooper, here's $15 million a year for the next five uh, years, whatever whatever it is. If that ends up happening long term, that's, that's fine. But uh, for now, let's be pissed off. Let's be sad. And uh, let's try and figure it out together. That's James Seltzer at James Seltzer. I'm John Barchard at John Barchard. This has been the Go Birds Pod at Go Birds Pod uh, right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. We'll see you guys. Go Birds.